Previously on Wormwood, Dr. Xander Crow arrived in the town of Wormwood following the vision of a dead woman, only to discover that there was no dead woman until Emily Saunders was drowned in her bathtub by her first grade student, Dexter Nolan. Meanwhile, teenager Rachel Nolan went missing, reappearing to her best friend Jacob Kidder the following day. The pair try to figure out what happened to Rachel, but in the process, discover that only Jacob can see her. Xander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 9, Teenage Wasteland, written by Jeremiah Allen. Come on, Rachel, you don't have to walk so far ahead of me. Yes, I do, Jacob. You don't have to be pissed at me. I'm not pissed at you. Well, don't be pissed at Jimmy either. I'm not pissed at him either, Jake. He just couldn't see or hear me, and neither could Lynette. I thought she was just being rude, but... Would you at least let me catch up, then? You've been Ricky Bobby for the past half hour, and I'm having trouble keeping pace. (sighs) Thank God. Listen, Rach, I know something really weird's going on, but we're going to get to the bottom of it, I promise. Retracing our steps to the quarry is going to help a lot, but not if you keep pushing like a madwoman. I'm an artist. I wasn't built for all-terrain off-roading, and I'm pretty sure one of my lungs just collapsed. No! I told you not to do that! Rach, come on. No, I told you not to touch me, and you didn't listen! I can't touch you. My hand went right through your shoulder, see? (gasps) Stop it! It's like... Listen. It's like you're stuck between dimensions or something, half here and half somewhere else. It's like that one episode of TNG where the transporters malfunctioned and then... The what now? Star Trek? The Next Generation? Oh! What was that? What? What? Never mind. That was just my nerd alarm going off. Jesus, that's not funny. You were saying, Captain Kirk? Uh, well, Picard, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but... Okay. So the transporters malfunctioned, and everybody got stuck in an overlapping space-time continuum. You remember that one? They could see and hear everybody else, but not everybody could see and hear them. Uh, Maybe you got hit by some cosmic lightning or something? But it's not completely random. I'm not sure how much more random you get. You've got to have some control over it. You have to, Rach, because how else are you walking? If you're completely intangible, how is it that you're getting traction? How is it that I can see and hear you? Maybe I'm a figment of your imagination. Maybe you are. I don't know. I woke up in the middle of a dead cow, Rach. I'm not ruling anything out at this point, but you gotta calm down. Shut up. I was just trying to be... No, I mean shut up. I think I hear something. Hear what? Over there, by the quarry road. That's gotta be Cedric's farm. The sound of that rickety old truck of his must be echoing off the walls of the valley. Cedric's farm is in the other direction. And since when did anyone but Cedric drive around that place? I heard at least two trucks over there. Or cars. Let's just go. Whoever it is, they're probably not going to the quarry. You and I are the only ones to come down here in a million years. 
You've seen how overgrown it is down there. And besides, we're wasting daylight. I don't know about you, but I sure as hell don't want to get caught down here after dark. Aces in their places, guys. I've seen continents drift faster than that. Come on! I regret to inform you that your regular history teacher is out with a terrible, yellow-skinned, gut-wrenching, vomit-heavy flu. Happened very suddenly, quite overnight. My name is Mr. Gildenstern, and I'll be subbing for Mr. Rosencrantz until he gets better. But boy, howdy, did he ever have some excruciatingly dry lesson plans. Jiminy Christmas! I've flipped through his notebook, and I've got to say, I'm not really sure what this school's paying him for. So I threw out all those icky lesson plans and smelly quizzes. No tests. You're off the hook. None of that nonsensical stuff. But you've still got to learn something, so I took it upon myself to draw up a few new notes concerning your education in the immediate future. Alrighty then. Considering nighttime is a high school student's natural habitat, I think you'll all be quite comfortable when I cut the lights. Just give me a second here to turn the projector on and... Voila! This transparency is a map of Wormwood and the surrounding area. Notice the date in the bottom left corner, right next to the exquisite signature, 1901. This masterpiece of cartography is a copy of a copy of the oldest known map of Wormwood, drawn in his spare time by the legendary Bernard Joseph Stanislaus Cahill, one of the world's most famous map makers. Absolutely amazing! This is so stupid, man. You're sub. You said that you threw out Rosencrantz's notes. So why don't you do what good subs do and leave us alone until lunchtime? Because that, Mr. Shane Chrisman, would be irresponsible and, quite frankly, a dreadful waste of your parents' tax dollars. Now, as I was saying, this map is incredibly old, yet eerily accurate. And I'd like you all to direct your attention to this area over here. Yes, this big spot that looks somewhat like Saudi Arabia. This is not, in fact, Saudi Arabia, but Wormwood's most distinct topographical feature, the Granite Works. Founded in 1864 by Welsh immigrant Francis Griffin, the Granite Works has supplied raw material for many California landmarks, including the Grand Masonic Lodge and the Central Pacific Railroad. How about that? Now, the stone mined from Wormwood Granite Works is dark gray biotype granite, uniform in color, although it should be noted that Griffin also quarried black granite, a kind of mineral used mainly for cemetery monuments and works. You can bring your sketchbook, Austin Dexter's DS, and we can just hang around out in the middle of nowhere all afternoon without anyone to bother us. Mr. Kitter! Miss Nolan, would you like to know the names of the two men who died in the quarry? Would that help you identify with them? They were very young men, you know, just a little older than you. Richard was 19. His brother, Patrick, had just turned 21. Their father worked in the quarry, and now they joined him. Richard was a shy boy, did well enough in school, but had no place else to go. And so, it was the quarry life for them. Richard didn't mind. At 19, he had just had his first kiss. 
from a girl named Annie who lived on a farm just down the road. We don't know for certain, of course, but let's just speculate for a moment. The quarry, your second home, collapses. The sunlight blotted out as you fall deep into some hidden cavern far below the granite mines. The echo of stone clattering on stone must be so disorienting in the dark. Can you imagine it? When the noise finally settles, you cast out in the darkness, trying to get your bearings as you choke on the thick dust still hanging in the air. What did Richard do, do you think? He called out for his brother, praying nothing had happened to Patrick. Finally, a sound, a murmur. No, it's a sob. It's Patrick. He is crying. Richard calls to him, faltering. Patrick answers. He doesn't know where he is. All he knows is that he can't move his legs. All he feels around him is stone and something wet. He cries out to Richard. He doesn't want to die this way. Richard, all he can think of is Annie's kiss and how that that's all he'll ever know. He tries to calm Patrick, but he goes silent when he thinks he sees a shape in the darkness. This is crazy. What the hell are you talking about? Ah, you... You've got me there, yes. Tis but fiction, I admit. But I had you all listening there for a moment, didn't I? Ah, well. All right, if you'd rather not hear about Richard's final moments in the abyss of the Wormwood Quarry, perhaps we can try a different tactic. Now, if you'll turn your books to whatever page it is that contains the most explicit pictures of foreign women, we'll discuss the intricacies getting dark awful fast, Rach. You remember anything yet? We've been at the bottom of the quarry for about 0.2 seconds, Jake. I haven't even had time to... Rach? I assume that sudden stiffening thing you're doing is all the pieces falling back into the puzzle? No. Nothing's coming back. It's just that, with the trucks we heard earlier, I think there's someone following us. Up that hill over there. We should probably just go check it out, then. If someone is following us, I'd like to find out why. And if they're not... Well... Maybe your subconscious is playing tricks on you for a reason, and we need to go up that hill to find a clue or something so we can remember. No, Jake. I don't think we should. I can see them up above, on the stone ledge. They're both wearing hoods, like hooded robes, I think, and carrying... Now is not the time to start freaking out or getting weird. As if this isn't weird enough already... (laughs) Run! Rachel, what's going on? Damn it! Don't disappear! You can... Follow me! Where the hell did you just phase off to? No time to explain. There's an old mine entrance to the west, and they won't be able to follow us inside. How do you know all this stuff? I don't know, Jake. I just do. There! It's over there. Do you see it? I can't see a damn thing. How far back does it go? Don't worry. I'll be your eyes. Rachel? Just trust me! You think they'll find us? Ugh, they might find you. I'm apparently invisible to everybody else on the planet. That's for sure. Multi-dimensional world. How long are we gonna wait? Not much longer now. Be quiet, though. We can hear them coming. I can't hear anything. Just because you can't hear it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, Jake. You've trusted me this far. Just trust me a little longer. But I can't see a freaking thing. Shh! Neither can they, but I can. 
I don't know why, but I can. I mean, I can't see in the dark, but I, I know where stuff is. It's like I've been here before, but I can't remember it. Rachel? There's a rusty shovel about two feet to your left. You should pick it up. Hey, Jacob, the shovel! Let's get out of here, quick, while you've got them disoriented. But we've got to find out who they are. No time! You won't be able to hold them off. Come on! Where? Just follow the sound of my voice. Let's go! You have one new... Gonna keep us these lights on, little Abner. Their tunnels will pop up and kablam! That'd be the end of us now, wouldn't it, boy? Yes, sirree. That'd be the dagblind end of us. <laughs> yeah, but you knew that, didn't you, boy? Yes, sirree. You're a good dog. A good dog that puts up with an old man who's been cursed to a life of solitary confinement out here in the woods. Yes, sirree. Gotta watch out for them hunters. What do you see out there, little Abner? More of them alien robots? Indestructible hellbugs? Well, I'll be damned. Even if they are, old Cedric Bloomington's got something for them. Someone out there? Little Abner heard you out there, so you, you might as well come out. I'm a dangerous man to be messing with. You hear? You come out of there. It's just me, Mr. Bloomington. It's Jacob Kidder. See, I got my hands up. Please don't shoot. I had enough of that for one night. Well, I'll be... Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Oh, yeah, hmm. Oh, come on up here, boy. Hey, look here. I remembered who you was. What with this pesky Alzheimer's business. <laughs> what are you doing out and about in the middle of the night? Don't you know the Bloomington Farm is a dangerous place to be when the sun goes down? I was just retracing my steps, sir. You know Rachel went missing a few days ago, and I thought I could trace our steps and figure out what happened to her. Then I'd be able to... It's just been a long night. Yeah, Rachel went and disappeared, did she? Yeah, and then I got lost down in the quarry and didn't find my way out until just a few minutes ago, and yours was the closest place I could think of. Yeah, well, I might be an old man, Jacob, but I ain't senile. Rachel's standing right there next to you, boy. <laughs> you silly kids nowadays, you think you can pull the wool over old folks' eyes? <laughs> but we're a crafty bunch, yes siree, and some of us is craftier than others. You... you can see me? What, ain't I supposed to? <laughs> Boy brings his ghostified girlfriend to my house, huh? <laughs> you two are something else, you know that? Ghost? Sorry, kids, but that kind of noise ain't no account for music. I don't care how dull and bumpy a truck can get. Ain't that right, little Abner? 
It's all right, Mr. Bloomington. We're just glad you let us stay the night. Those hooded guys... Oh, don't you worry nothing, Jacob. Cedric Bloomington's about the safest place you could have come. Unless you're a cow. You got something against cows, boy? He's just a little gun-shy since he woke up in one. Oh, you're the boy. I, I tell it, young Buck Bradley found you near one of my girls. I didn't have anything to do with it, I swear. <laughs> I know you didn't, Sonny. But it ain't polite to help yourself to another man's meal. What? Whose meal was it? <laughs> what now? You said it wasn't... Ah, uh, you, you kids don't know a thing about manners. All those video games and gang signs and whatnot. You... You can just drop us off at the diner, Mr. Bloomington. You know... When I was young, oh, oh, I, I had me a beautiful wife. Yes, sirree, young as the fresh spring flowers we were, and we let everybody know about it. We tore around those hills in my 56 Chevy, and, oh, boy, we ruled the land. Just me and Mrs. L.C.D. Bloomington. Mm-hmm. She was named after her mama's mama, and I swear the sun rose and fell with that woman. Oh, I did love her so much. We had a baby, a pretty little girl. Elsie D never got to see Joy but once, right when she was born, before they carted them both over to separate rooms. I never saw her mama again, either, at least not when she was alive. Joy had been a tough baby with a tough mama, but 15 hours of labor had softened her up, and the doctor said there wasn't nothing they could do. The happiest moment of my life was also my saddest. I'm sorry, Mr. Bloomington. Sorry? Oh, yeah, everybody was sorry. But I, I told him, I said, ain't not a damn one of you don't have tragedy in your lives, and if it was the Lord's will to take Elsa D, then it was the Lord's will, and who might argue? I always told him not to be sorry. Life is life. But I'd dance through them pearly gates with my wife when God saw fit to take me too. But I reckon God ain't ever gonna let me up to heaven, no siree. Well, why not? Uh, you a little worried about that too, Missy? You really think Rachel's a ghost, Cedric? Well, like I said, I, I've seen a hell of a lot of strangeness in my lifetime, and she ain't the first. Hell of a lot of tragedy, too. Think a girl can go missing for days at a time and then come back like nothing ever happened? It don't happen, boy. No siree. This is how the world works. Things taken from us, and sometimes we do very bad things just to try and get back what we lost. I don't understand. But why would anyone want to hurt us? What did we ever do to anyone? The Lord works in mysterious ways, Rachel. Oh, but look, there, there's the diner. But... No, 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 no. You listen, girl. You're going to have a whole mess of questions about everything from here on out, but the, the one question you're going to have to stay focused on is this. Why are you still here? Okay... Thanks, Mr. Bloomington. We appreciate everything you've done. Seems like you got a lot better things to be spending your energy on than thanking an old man who's just trying to get right with God. Now you be careful now, you hear? And if you need anything else, just give old Cedric a holler, and I'll do what I can. Well, goodbye now! So, what now? No, Jacob. It seems like we're back at square one, except this time we've got to worry about some group of gun-toting crazies, so it's more like square one-half. 
I've got to worry about a group of gun-toting crazies. Barring Cedric, nobody else seems to know you're here. I'm still not sure why we didn't learn anything down in the quarry, but at least we're still alive to find out. Maybe. Maybe we're both still alive. Sorry, Rach. I just... Jacob. Jacob Kidder, where have you been? Your parents have been looking all over for you. Wow. Jonesy, chill out. Relax, I'm fine. It's not you I'm worried about, Jacob. There's been a horrible tragedy. What? What are you talking about? You know your friend Rachel? Well, her brother, Dexter Nolan, just drowned Emily Saunders. To be continued on the next episode of Wormwood. By David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Wormwood is an original podcast produced by Habit Forming Films, LLC, featuring the talented cast of season one regular and supporting roles Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Perozzi as Rachel Nolan and Sparrow, Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Coralie Nickars as Emily Saunders, Deidre Frost, and Margaret Roosevelt, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason. Phineas Tibbert, Bob Gildenstern, Mr. Bressier, and your announcer, Rob Grindlinger, as Sheriff Tom Bradley, Steve Haskell, Cedric Bloomington, and Julian Callender, Peter Dirksen, as Jimmy Details, Jonesy, and Harlan Panic, Zachary Fawkes, as Charles Edison, Brent Saunders, and Reginald Bloomington, Cheyenne Besize, as Katrina Edison, Lamora Haskell, Emily Bloomington, and Sister George, Anna Maganini, as Lynette Bradley and Peggy Nolan, Andrew Ramirez, as Dexter Nolan and young Cedric Bloomington, Dave Johnston, as Deputy Wayne Drexel and Jonathan Kidder, and Chris Blaylock, as Dr. Pete Menno. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Staff writers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Alsbaugh, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta. Executive producers, David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Sound effects engineered by Chris Sahakian. Copyright 2007, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. It's like you're stuck between dimensions or something, half here and half somewhere else. It's like that one episode of TNG where the transporters malfunctioned and then... The what now? Star Trek? The Next Generation?